Brooklyn, New York. I'm Adam Teeter, and this is a Vine Pair Next Round Conversation. We're bringing you these conversations in our regular podcast episodes to give you a clearer picture of what's going on in the industry during the COVID-19 crisis. And today, I'm talking with James O'Brien, partner of Papina Restaurant in Brooklyn, New York. James, thanks so much for joining me, man. Hey, thanks for having me. So, I mean, I obviously am familiar with the restaurant. I think for those who don't know about you guys, you you really... I don't want to say quietly anymore, but really become like a spot in the city that's that's just become known for really awesome takes on Italian food. You do some really cool, like I don't want to call it fusion cuisine, but interesting mashups, right? Like your your Milanese hot chicken is ridiculous, <laughs> but then also an in, just incredible wine program and a place that you know lots of people who are wine geeks and also people in the industry seek out to to drink at. And and you were, I mean, that was you know well before all of this. Um, you know, has happened, but you guys really have, have built this incredible reputation for yourselves as just having this amazing place where people can go and, and drink really delicious stuff. Um, so for those who do not know about Papina, you got to go check it out after this interview. But can you can you sort of just give us a little bit of background more than I've just given on the restaurant and how you your background and how you guys started? Yeah, for sure. So we opened up Popina, uh, myself and uh, Chris McDade, who's my business partner and the chef of Popina. Uh, he is uh, originally from uh, Georgia, so that kind of helped uh, create the the food programming. Um, he's always cooked Italian food. Uh, I always worked in Italian uh, restaurants, and he, you know, basically took up his upbringing, his nostalgia, his um, the ingredients of the South, but ha- applied them in an Italian context. So um, we met at Mylino. Uh, in Gramercy Park, one of Danny Meyer's restaurants, and we we just kind of hit it off. I mean, Chris has an incredible work ethic, and um, that was one of the things that kind of attracted me to um, you know continuing the conversation uh, with him. And obviously, he cooks delicious food. He's like a pasta you know pasta guru. He's like always if he's not actually cooking, he's studying pasta, reading about it. Uh, learning new things, um, whether it's a traditional shape or had like a technique. Um, so he's really into uh, he's really into food in general. But obviously, like pasta is one of our, the strong suits, or in my opinion, one of the strong mm-hmm. suits of the restaurant. Um, so we 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 met. We worked uh, we worked over there. Um, I I worked in a lot of uh, Danny's restaurants. I started at Tabla. When Tabla closed, I went to uh, Mylino. Uh, and then I actually joined the team over at Marta for a little bit um, before uh, before taking some time off and doing kind of a year of travel. And then when I got back, uh, Chris and that at that point had moved back to Atlanta, uh, then moved back to New York, um, and we linked up and we were just talking about what we wanted to do, and uh, we overlapped on a lot of what what that vision was i mean you know we we started out with a, a ton of ideas but at the heart of all at the heart of all of it was we want to create a neighborhood restaurant it was it was important for us to create a space that wasn't was could be a special occasion place but was more uh, a community gathering place that people could come and have a bowl of pasta and a glass of wine and not break the bank and they could do it on a regular basis. Um, so, um, 
That being said, we also wanted to make sure we were, you know, we were elevating it uh, more so than like your neighborhood restaurant and in in the food, the beverage, and also the the hospitality. So um, you come in, you like ice in your water. It's like our staff would remember that, and um, you know, you would continue to uh, create create regulars, create kind of like wow experiences, but do it in a context that like wasn't forced and, you know, just kept people smiling. I mean, we started the restaurant with one goal and that was to like make your day a little bit better. Right. And if it could be a lot better, that's even better. That's even, you know, even greater. But, um, in, we, we live in New York city and it is so tough, right? Everyone's just trying to make a living and, um, and get by and, and sometimes, uh, sometimes it's hard and like it, it, it chases people out. And I think that food is super powerful. And if people could come into our restaurant and kind of forget that, you know, they just worked a 12 hour day or that maybe they're, um, you know, thinking about their rent bill or thinking about something, you know, a bad subway experience or whatever it could be. If like, if we could kind of transport you um, and make you forget about, like the everyday worries of living in New York and just make your day a little bit better with a glass of wine or a bowl of pasta, then like, that's our goal. And uh, if we could build on that um, even better, but it's as kind of as simple and as complicated as that. That's really, really cool. Um, And so the, you know, obviously the restaurant has, has been around uh, for a few years, has been really, you know, doing well. You guys hosted a bunch of like really cool, winemaker dinners and things like that. Um, you know, can you take me through sort of what has gone through your head and, and sort of how you guys have changed, done different things since basically March 13th, right? So I think, you know, March 13th, everything in, in across the country changed for a lot of people, for most people, uh, and especially for restaurants and bars. So I'd, I'd love to sort of get an idea of, of what you guys have done and, and, and take us from that point to like where we are now, basically. Yeah. So uh, in March, uh, we had a, like a lot of other restaurant owners had a a let go, let go of their staff. And um, we tried. um, So this was probably, it it was a crazy year, right? You know, we started the year, it was our first January and February that we were busy. Uh, The last two winters were, If you came to Popina on a on a Wednesday, Thursday, pretty much any day, but a Friday, Saturday in the winter, it was it was crickets, right? It, we 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 excelled in the summer and on the weekends, but it was so so difficult to get people in there on like a Wednesday, right? In January and February, um, and so we were feeling so good about that, and then uh, <laughs> we did. Um, Basically, uh, March March was a busy time. We were down in the food. Uh, Chris was cooking at the Food and Wine Festival down in uh, Charleston. Uh, I was down there with him, and then I came back to uh, work um, the La Palle, uh with all the winemakers, which is like, crazy to think that that was in March, and like that's kind of like right before all this shut down. And like, how did you know? I don't know. Like just all those people together sharing glasses, hugging. Totally crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, fast forward, or I guess uh, we, we get to um, 
the 14th or somewhere around that date where, um, you know, I, we had a conversation with our staff on, I want to say like the Thursday where the Thursday or Friday that it was going to go to half capacity. And we said, Hey, we're a small restaurant guys. And we, we don't, we don't think this is going in a positive direction and we want everyone to, um, we want everyone to be, uh, we, we just want to be upfront with people and we don't think that half capacity works for us. Uh, inside right. of Copina, uh, for those of you who have been, uh, 36 people, we, 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 uh, like sit in there, uh, we seated in there and it was like sardines, right? I, hopefully it didn't feel like that. Like, I feel like it felt more cozy than cramped. Uh, but yeah, we used to fit 36 people in there, but under, you know, these new COVID, uh, guidelines, it's like even at half capacity, like your people, it was just too close for comfort. Um, you know, we can't really, we can't really like sit people it, like responsibly sit people in that space. Um, and that kind of goes to like our plan, you know, as of now, which is, is crazy that we're talking about March and that was our mindset and we're still, we're still dealing with that same issue now that we can't really use the outside space. Um, it's getting a little colder, uh, but we don't feel responsible about sending people inside uh, right. under these circumstances. So uh, we gave our team uh, before we actually had to shut down, uh, we gave our team the heads up and uh, basically told them that they should uh, start up uh, applying to unemployment and that we gave them uh, a little cash in, in hand. Um, as like a little severance of sorts and just said, Hey, like this hopefully will float you uh, just in case you have any issues with unemployment. Um, right. And also uh, during the shutdown, we uh, did a couple, I think two, two or three rounds of um, uh, employee fun, like uh, outreach. So basically uh, we had uh, our guests that donated, we didn't do it through a GoFundMe because I, they like I feel like takes they take a percentage of it or at least that was my understanding of it so we just did it through our Instagram and our um and our Venmo and stuff like that so uh so we raised some money for them and uh every everyone was so grateful uh to just I mean it wasn't a ton of money but just a little something I think people were just uh, our staff was just uh pumped that we were continuing to look out for them even though technically like the, the likelihood of bringing them back was 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 a long shot at least in the in, in the few in the like um recent uh times so uh, so then so we 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 tried delivery for uh a week with like a bare bone staff me uh mike who is our uh executive sous chef uh chris and sean who is the gm uh, we were doing we were doing actually like decent business because um, I think people just like were wanted to support us. Our delivery business in general is pretty terrible. Like we just don't do a lot of it, um, especially because we don't do pasta to go. That's like kind of one of uh, one of Chris's uh, things that he just won't bend on at all. Uh, <laughs> which you know, I mean, I, I understand if he doesn't think it, it it travels well, then he doesn't think it travels well. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what it that's kind of what it boils down to. And we we actually, um, you know, over <laughs> over the time we we're doing some pasta kits and some other like all you know 
delivery alternatives. Uh, but as far as like cooking pasta and putting it in a box, like it's just like not, uh, not his thing. So we have to kind of continue to think about creative ways to not do that, but still give people, still continue to try to make people's day a little bit better. Um, and when you can't actually have people at the restaurant, we find that <laughs> we found that that's incredibly challenging. Um, right. So, um, so where, where are we at? So we're, where we, so we do a delivery for a week with the bare bones staff. Things get worse. Obviously everyone, um, you know, in New York kind of knew where, uh, you know, if we think about late March, early April, it, New York was a, a scary place. And yeah. uh, so we, we kind of just, uh, decided to call it, call it then we cleaned out our fridge. We, we told our staff that if anyone wanted, uh, some things to take home, uh, we had, you know, I mean, when Chris orders, he kind of, uh, he, he does like an amazing job at like basically ordering enough food for like said service or, you know, two services or whatever. So there's like never enough, there's not a lot of extra food, which from a business standpoint, I'm always like, man, you're like, good. Like, this is awesome for business. But then like when I'm like rummaging around like the fridge for an extra whatever uh, snack at the end of the night and, yeah. <laughs> and like there's nothing to eat. That that's uh you know that's not always the best, but that's I, funny. <laughs> um, so anyway, we had some like leftover product, and whether it was like pasta, I mean, pasta doesn't really like the dried pasta that we were using doesn't really go bad, but like anything people wanted, greens, you know, we had some produce, we had some uh, some meats, and, and we reached out to our staff and we said, hey, if you want some uh, some food, come on by and. Um, I would go to the restaurant regularly just to kind of check in. And I was um, one of the things that was super sad, but, but helped out a lot was I like liquidated my inventory. Um, I had a probably close to, I don't know, like 60 K of, of wine inventory. And I, and in like two weeks, I like brought it down to, you know, uh, to ten thousand dollars how did you do that did you sell to other restaurants did you sell to to customers there there was a couple a couple i reached out to a couple of my wine regulars that you know i knew drank really well and i had offered them um some pretty good uh discounts with you know with still making money you know i offered that i mean there was this one guy that probably bought 15k of wine by himself and he bought it all at list price and wow i, I told this guy you know he will forever have a, a reservation for a table in the backyard i might even name the table after him and his wife yeah seriously <laughs> but he continues to he continues to like buy wine and you know he's a he's a wine collector but like the best kind where you know it's not all like he doesn't always talk about it he just he just like loves wine and and he loves really great wine and um and he that's continues, awesome continues to like buy so um so it's been great uh especially with the loosening of the SLA uh guidelines um, yeah you know when he comes into dinner he'll like come to dinner um you know spend a couple hundred bucks on dinner but then he'll like before he like leaves he'll like pick up a case of wine and like that that helps us especially on like the rainy days or the days that we do it's either like feast or famine with us. It's either totally we're, the backyard is jamming from, you know, 
from 12 to 8 on a Saturday. The sun is shining. It's amazing. Kind of like last Saturday, uh, especially with all like the good energy. Um, oh, yeah, with the election. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, yesterday was raining and I saw three people yesterday and I, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, uh, yeah. it, we did no business yesterday. So, um, so those, those guidelines, although like they're, they're kind of annoying with the whole, like, we have to sell food and all this and that it, it, you know, it at least allows us to like a little bit of a lifeline. So, right. Um, so basically I, I sold a bunch of inventory to like some of my wine regulars, uh, and then just basically was like, Hey guys, it's going to get, you know, it's going to get, New York is a sad place. It's probably going to get sadder. Um, if you want a case of wine, like come on by. I also gave, uh, industry people who got laid off. Um, I gave them uh, wine at cost and like, that's amazing. And a point like the, the whole idea behind that was one, it's like these people like lost their jobs, but you know, they, they still needed like, you know, good wine and stuff like that. So I was like, I put it out there, you know, to just our, our channels on Instagram or whatever. And I said, if you're in the industry, you lost, you lost your job. Like, wine at cost, whether it's the $15 bottle of wine or the $100 bottle of wine, I don't really care. Um, and that also helped us, uh, you know, uh, decrease inventory, right? It's, right. Um, you know, when, when you're, when you still have to pay rent and, and do all these other things, you know, pay all the invoices that are, that are due, um, you know, a bottle of wine is not going to really help you. So, um, so I, I, I liquidated a lot of that, which, again it was like it was sad because it was three years of me like building up this what i thought was an awesome list with like back vintage this and um and this rare wine from here and um it was sad to like let it go but i know that it went they went to good homes and um i just like wish i really like you know once when i open that bottle for somebody and they drink it with like the food at popina and like you kind of create this, um, you know, you see the reaction and you create this like special, special, like uh, food and wine experience. And um, when you sell it retail, you, you, you just hope that, you know, they served it right or they, um, I don't know, you know, enjoyed it as much as they, they would if they were at Popina. So, um, so yeah. And, and uh, so to basically, um, after doing that, I, I kind of just took a break. Like I took like a month off and it was, it was kind of wild. Um, yeah. It, you know, I, I don't think I, besides like travel, traveling throughout the, you know, um, last couple of years, if I, um, took a big trip, uh, or, you know, took that year off that I just traveled and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I haven't, I haven't like really stayed at home and I was actually super scared. And I was like, I don't even know. I had a, I had to like buy a spice cabinet. Like I didn't have salt. Like my fridge was champagne, white wine <laughs> and, and hot sauce. Like I didn't have, I didn't have anything else. So I'm, I'm like building a spice cabinet. I'm like uh, take, taking the stickers off my pots and pans. Like I live by myself and I was like super like, scared of like what am I gonna do with all this time like I had to like up I had to like update all my like uh Hulu or Netflix because like I don't like I get home from work and I go to sleep like I I, I don't spend a lot of time at home 
and um and I was so I was kind of nervous about it um you know Chris was super pumped because he you know he has a a two-year-old and he was just pumped to like be at home with the kid and have some family time because that you know in our industry it's it's a tough thing to come by uh but for me it's like I was just like oh shit I don't I don't really I don't really do well by myself and or at least I didn't think I would um but it was it was kind of awesome because like I was in New York I got to um you know read a book that like wasn't about wine or I got to learn Spanish um you know, I got to start doing yoga and like do all these things that I'm always like, oh, I'm too busy for. I'm too busy for. Like I wake up I, and I'm kind of like back on this grind, unfortunately, like where I don't give a lot of like me time. But I like wake I like wake up and I'm like, I got to go to work. I got to. Go. Right. You know? And it's like and then I work until I, 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 you know, my eyes are shutting and then I go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? So um, so the month was kind of. uh kind of great. Um, you know, obviously a lot of shitty, like, I don't really mean great, but it allowed me to, you know, have this, have this time and, and, and really hopefully take advantage of it and, you know, give, you know, put in a little self-care, which I think, you know, is hard in, in our industry. And I think if there's anything that came out of this is I think, um, I'm going to try to be more mindful about, you know, myself and my team uh, creating a good work-life balance and um, creating like a healthy, you know, a healthy lifestyle where people don't feel like they just need to like grind it out all the time. But, you know, as a business owner, it's, it's hard because, you know, every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, you know, no one's going to hand this to me. I have to go out and get it. And it makes you, it makes you just, you know, motivated and, you know, so well, Jay. Any time during that this this period, were you freaking out about like? I mean, were you, I mean, I would assume you guys were then. You felt pretty comfortable with where you guys were as a as a business. Because at any time, were you like freaking out about? Well, what about our landlord? And could we get evicted? Or what's going to happen? I don't know if I mean at this point, like PPP was sort of like everyone was talking about it, but I know none of us knew if we were going to get it. Um, was that all happening too, or? Um, you know, were you pretty confident that you, you could, you could manage it to get to where you, you'd maybe be able to reopen? Uh, well, our landlord, um, was really great actually throughout this. Um, he didn't necessarily give us any, uh, rent concessions or, uh, discount on rent, but he, he made it, uh, aware. He made us aware that he was like there and, you know, he actually got engaged at Popina, which was, oh, okay which was pretty awesome. And I, I think he just like wants us to like be around, um, especially because there are a couple of restaurants uh, that in his spaces uh, that he, that, you know, are shuttered. And I think he, he, he helped us. And one of the first things that I actually did is we had, we had a, a driveway space next to us um, that used to belong to Pac Pac when we took over the lease, but then, we actually were like, ah, oh, we don't want this driveway. Um, and Pac Pac was still on the corner. So they, they kept the driveway space. And uh, long story short is like, we, 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 ha- there was this empty driveway. And, and I asked him, I was like, Hey, can we get that driveway? Cause you know, I mean, this was that in March. So 
I had no idea what what it was gonna look like. I think a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna by by summertime, we're gonna be good." Yeah, totally. Back to normal. Um, but I was just like, you know, outside space is gonna be like the biggest hottest commodity, right? So, um, so I'm like, we need this outside space. So I called him, and I think he was already on the defensive because uh, other, you know, his other other businesses were calling him and like. Hey Greg, can I get a can I get a discount on rent? And I was like, Greg, I'm not asking for a discount. I just want the driveway space next to it. I was like, it's been vacant for you know a year. Um, I know it's not in our you know um, I know like it's not our space right now. But I was like, if we could you know attach that to our lease um, at a reasonable rate, um, hopefully a free rate. Um, uh, that would be, that would help us, uh, that would make us so much more comfortable going into this like uncertain period. And he, he agreed to it. And, um, and we, uh, so we took over the space and basically that space has allowed us to basically spread out the tables this summer yep. and give us the, um, basically, uh, uh, we, we created, uh, a very different, uh, service model than we used to do at Popina. So Popina used to be full service. And now we've kind of pivoted to a counter service. Um, we knew we, we didn't want you to like walk into Popina, go into the backyard and like have this, oh, the QR codes here and have like a very airport kind of experience, right? Where you're, you're ordering through an iPad or your phone or whatever. Like a, as much as we, we, we want, you know, safety was our, our biggest concern we didn't want we wanted to like have at least one hello you know so the guests walk into popina hello welcome and then they they order their drinks and their food and then we give them their drinks and then they take like a number and they could sit anywhere they want in the backyard um, which also like allows you know different people have different comfort levels so if you want to be you know at this table like in the corner where like no one will pass you or anything um, that's cool. Grab that table. Um, if you want to, if you want to be like closer to the door so you could reorder, cool, grab that table. So, um, so we've done that and we've, we've set up the wine kind of like a wine shop where people could come in and just grab their bottle. Uh, so we, we, we wanted to basically take less like from the full service model of like giving more is giving, is actually giving less. So, we want we wanted to have that hello point, but then we want to say, hey, once you're in the backyard, we're just gonna bring you food, and like it's evolved, right? We used to, right. we we used to bring people stuff in to go containers, and then one day we were like, hey, maybe we should put it on plates, and then like, <laughs> and then it was like plates with like uh, wrapped up silverware, uh, and then or and then it, you know we we're like, hey, maybe we should give people real silverware because those uh those knives don't really seem like they're cutting the chicken, you know? Um, right. So like, it, it's like, it's evolved a lot into like what it is right now. And, you know, every, we're still asking ourselves, how could we do this better? How could we um, be on the, the guest side of, um, of making it easy and comfortable? Um, so it, it's continued to evolve for sure. But um, right now we kind of are in this like sweet spot where, um, I think a lot of people really like it and they, 
there are some people that don't get it. And I think a lot of those people are like the first timers who um, are probably like reading old, you know, I don't know, old infatuation reviews and are like, (laughs) like, whatever it's like, but like the people, like we have an amazing group of regulars who come every week and they, they like love the system and they know the system. So if you, if you want to like start with a cocktail, but you know, you're going to get a bottle of wine, like get it all, you know, get it all. And like, you know, and we, we pop the bottle, give you your glasses, give you your cocktails. And like, then you literally don't have to come it back in. And then what we do is all the, Pricing includes uh, gratuity. Um, we kind of like build it in because of this fast casual service. And, yeah. and so if you don't want to come back into the restaurant, we just close out, we close out your check and everything's good. It's like, it's like if you went to, I don't know, the superiority burger or whatever, it's like you're, you pay up front and then like, you're good. Like you don't have to come back in or anything. Um, you could order your whole meal and we still course things out for you. but. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely new to us, but, um, and, and, and we, we will likely change it going into the next spring or fall or spring or summer, but right now it, it works and, and people seem to dig it. And we don't worry about like turning tables cause we don't take reservations. It's first come first serve. And, um, yeah, it's kind of how, how we're doing it right now. So it's really funny because I feel like there's, there's, and because you mentioned Atlanta earlier, there was a, a restaurant. I lived in Atlanta for a, a little while, and there was a restaurant I used to like when I was in my early 20s called Figo Pasta, which kind of was like this model. Um, and it's always been interesting to me that you never really found that in New York. Um, so it's it's cool that that's, that you guys have adapted and, and moved to that now. Um, because I, to me, it seems it does make a lot of sense, and you have such a you know nice backyard, and it just – it you know – kudos to you for being willing to do that um, and figure out like what could work for your customers. I think that's, you know, that shows sort of what everyone is having to do, which is try to, you know, change their models to make it work. What are you thinking about now? So, you know, it's November 12th when we're talking. Um, We had a gorgeous weekend, as you mentioned last weekend, but like it's going to start to get colder. Um, The city has just passed the, you know, the, the ordinance that they're now saying you can't stay open until past 10 as opposed to 11, which I don't understand why COVID spreads further more past 10, you know, past 10 than past 11, but whatever that's, they've done that. And as you mentioned earlier, like the space inside is small Uh, in the winter, it actually feels super cozy. That's what makes it special. But obviously no one wants to feel super cozy in in a pandemic, right? They don't want to be right next to people. Are you guys buying heaters? Have, Have you thought about that kind of stuff? Have you thought about trying to cover parts of your backyard? Um, what's going through your mind? Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much all those things, right? So, um, we, we've had like a million plans, right? And then they always, we're always, we always come in and we're like, okay, well maybe how about this or how about that? And, um, we always decide on something and then it, things change, right? I mean, the fact that it was 70 degrees last weekend, it was kind of crazy. Right. And, um, we, so the, the plan right now is we, we ordered heaters two months ago. They just got here last weekend. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's, you know, uh, a pain in the ass, you know? And yeah, totally. Now, and now we, now we're faced with, okay, we want to start using the heaters, but now we're trying to, uh, jump over the, all like the, the hurdles, um, and obstacles, uh, related to getting them going with the fire department. Um, you know, one thing that uh, 
you know, Chris and I always agree on is like, we always want to do things like the right way. And we, and, and sometimes that's, um, either expensive or time consuming. And right now it's like doing everything properly with the FDNY and the registration of the heaters and the, you know, uh, the placement of a of a pro of the propane cage and um, getting a a fitness test uh, related to um, using the propane heaters and so like we're doing all that stuff but it's just it's very time consuming and expensive and you know part of us sometimes are like cool like we're over in Red Hook like let's just uh, let's just take a chance and like you know are they gonna really come to get us and then um, and then we like we think of maybe like if we own the restaurant and didn't have any investors, but then we're like, cool. Like our, 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 uh, pool of investors are, you know, a little bit more prudent and, um, they, you know, we just want to make sure we're making the right decision for them. Yeah, totally. And so, um, so the heaters are, you know, to be determined, um, hopefully we could get all that stuff squared away, but, the one thing that we didn't notice uh, the the weekend of Halloween, it was super cold. And even if we had heaters, there's not really uh, there's not really this the the food gets cold, right? And like yeah. and when you're doing pasta, it's like what's the yeah sure people could people will might come out and dress warm, you know, throw on their long johns or whatever. But what are what's what's the deal with the food and like we don't want we we want the food to like to be good and delicious and hot you know and uh right um and so that's the the latest conversation i'm having with chris is how do we create a menu without without getting far from what we do right because like if we don't do pasta then pasta is like one of the things that people come for time in and you know and it's if we don't do pasta, then it's like our menu changes. And then do people, are people coming to Popina for that stuff? And, um, and that's the challenging part, you know, um, figuring out how the food, how, how the, the food. So, um, yesterday I actually had somebody come by and, uh, quote me on a retractable roof, which I think I will have to sell, um, you know, uh, more, way more wine or maybe even like a body part to afford. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so for that, uh, but, but it's, you know, it's long term, and, and we're trying to link up with our landlord to see if like he has any interest in, um, either splitting the cost with us or doing something that will allow us to afford to do it because, um, Popina is not covered in the backyard. So basically anytime it rains, you're, uh, you, you're kind of screwed. Um, we work with like a tent company when people have events, uh, but it's like 1700 bucks every time you want to put up a tent. It's, that's a lot of money, especially because w- when we're selling events, we're not, we're not charging people that much to like have our, to have like the space and the food and the drink. So it's like that, that tent could like double the price of your event real quick. Right. So um, so we're, we're, we're considering that and looking into other alternatives. Um, unfortunately everything is either like kind of shoddy and, and cheap or very expensive. So, um, we are, we're, we're trying to, I mean, if there's anyone out there that has any, uh, any good recommendations on outdoor coverings, you know, a pergola or a 
uh, like a, a more like a tent that's maybe and that's like the that's like the tough part too is like our backyard we don't want it we don't want it to be we don't want there to be a tent around it all the time because right part of being outside is you want to see the sky and the tree and all that so we're trying to figure out how to cover it without you know i'm not i'm also not trying to like put up a a big ass tent every time i I think it's gonna rain you know i mean right (laughs) that would be the worst you're like you're running out into the backyard you're getting all the stakes you're like trying to build the tent as fast as you can yeah that would be the worst yeah no it's like i got enough you know i got enough stuff to do right and um so we're, we're trying to figure that out um we actually are considering um closing for january and february and just kind of going on a a little uh, uh, sabbatical of sorts, and uh, yeah, I was. I've heard a lot of restaurants who are considering that. Yeah, and I, I, I was fighting against it. Um, it was actually Chris's idea, and I was like, Chris, I was like, we, we, we need to like be there for our people and like our community that have supported us. And I was like super against it because I'm just like, I'll, I'll, we just got to figure out a way to keep the lights on, and like, you know, if that means, you know, reducing salary or whatever I have to do to, to make that happen, I'll do it. But then I like thought about, I like played it out in my mind and it's like Chris boxing up to go food, me trying to sell some wine. If the SLA, uh, keeps its, um, keeps its, uh, restrictions loosened. And like, I didn't like see us, I saw us coming out of this maybe like better financially than closing, but not in the best, um, spirits. Right. It's like, uh, a lot of people that, you know, that stayed open for delivery since March, it's like, they were like, cool. I was the most expensive to go, uh, boxer in, you know, in all of New York. Right. And it's, uh, um, and, and people were just, I don't know. I, I, I don't want us to grow to like resent doing the delivery or just the rest right. in general. Right. I want us to like be excited about it and, and kind of to go back to, you know, that, that time in, you know, in April when we took off, it's like, I also want to be able to like, think about things outside the everyday running of the restaurant. Sometimes I, I'm like, shit. I was like, I I don't think about the long-term plan because there's not enough hours in the day because I'm, I'm doing, I'm putting in orders or I'm, I'm, I'm making sure we're staffed or I'm, you know, whatever it is, it's, there's, there's not enough hours in the day. So if we close down, um, you know, that would allow us to, um, that would allow us to like, think about the long-term business or, um, how do, how do we revamp the backyard? Um, since summer's like our strong, our strongest season, right? How do we, how do we basically make it, um, to like the most efficient, profitable, um, you know, uh, situation that we could. And right now, if I'm like, if we're just going to be doing the grind of the everyday, it's hard to think about that kind of stuff. So, um, so we're, we're, we're considering closing for those, uh, for those couple months. And obviously it sucks because, you know, uh, rent is still due and, and all those things. But I think it'll give us, um, uh, a, a different way to like, uh, look at business and, um, hopefully just get re-inspired and, you know, kind of dive into those creative, um, you know, um, thoughts of what, what the future looks like. I mean, 
there, there's yeah. a, there's a, a restaurant um what is it the um the willows inn um that i think they do that like every year they just like in the winter they just like close close up shop and then they go travel and do this and do that and like you know it, it they work so hard during the rest of the year that they're like cool we're gonna take a couple months off and you know see a and and again we're way different we're a neighborhood restaurant but i think if if we're still trying to think about how to make people's day a little bit better and how to you know revamp the food program and or the wine program and or maybe uh think about creative partnerships with um you know maybe we'll do our own maybe we'll like have a popina wine or um, right or like a beer on tap like these are things that i never like that I always want to pursue, but there's just like not enough time because I, I'm checking in a delivery or ordering, ordering our dry goods or whatever it is. And so, so I think, I think we're kind of leading towards that, but, um, but also, I don't know, like if, if, if we could get this, our SBA loan and we could get this roof, um, retractable roof that we could actually use year round, um, and stay open January, February, like that's also not a, a bad alternative too. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, the, the plan is right now to close, uh, for a couple of months, but who knows? We, we've, we've made changes before. And one of the good things about being a little, a little shop is, you know, where, where we can make these decisions kind of day to day. We don't have to like making an announcement and then, you know, it takes it takes uh, less to steer the ship, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, James, this is it's amazing how how much you guys have adapted and and how how well you've adapted. And this has been just like a really really interesting conversation to sort of hear what's happening with you, but also hopefully gives other people listening some perspective on on what's happening for you know for neighborhood restaurants and how neighborhood restaurants are you know figuring out how to make it work. So I I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, today chat with me. Obviously, also understanding that you've basically given me almost an hour to talk about uh, this. When you, there's probably a lot that you need to do, as you as you mentioned uh, throughout the podcast. So, thank you so much. This has been really awesome. I've only checked the cameras like three times. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's been amazing to uh, you know to chat, and um, yeah, it's uh, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, I've been listening to the podcast and. Uh, you know, learning every day um, and every episode, uh, you know, just a different way um, to do it. And I, I think w- something that's really cool about what we're experiencing within the restaurant community is, um, you know, shared experiences and like, you know, we're, 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 I've never thought about it as like a, I mean, it's a competitive market for sure, but like you have this like little group uh, or of, you know, owner operators that are like, fuck, like, what are we doing? And like, what are you doing? How are you doing it? And, you know, I, I, I think it's been amazing to kind of have that uh, community um, and just pitch ideas off of each other. And I think, you know, having a podcast like yours um, allows, allows, you know, more people to get involved in that conversation. So thank you. You're welcome. This is, we wouldn't be able to do it without people like you. So I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and yeah, and I, and I can't wait to see you at Puppy in again soon. Definitely a, a few times before you guys close for, for January and February, but I support the decision. All right, my man. Cool. Thank you, James. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair podcast. 
If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced by myself and Zach Jabal. It is also mixed and edited by him. Yeah, Zach, we know you do a lot. I'd also like to thank the entire Vine Pair team, including my co-founder, Josh, and our associate editor, Kat Winston. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.